You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. <laughs> it's so weird to have the legend in front of us. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And welcome to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from the 1990s to the early 2000s, look at them objectively, and uh, take the rose-colored glasses off and feed them to brainwashed sharks. <laughs> Dude, let's dive right in and get wet. And as you probably heard, and as we've already referenced, so at this point it shouldn't be a surprise, but you know, some people don't pay attention in the first 10 seconds of a podcast. That's science. We have a guest with us for our 31st episode. Your roommate, my former roommate, mm-hmm. Spencer Roberts. Welcome to the show. Welcome That's to the right. Show, I, I had to live with both of you, and I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Kind of sucks, right? I, I just want to be, to be known that I, I am the voice of Nostalgia Be Damned. Like, I'm I, so happy to have you here yeah no in the flesh it's gonna be a good episode because we are covering a movie that you both love and drove me up the goddamn wall (laughs) we're covering 1999's action sci-fi horror flick deep blue sea i love this movie i i I do like i I mean i'm gonna i know we don't get it until the end of the pod but i love this movie this movie i have probably seen more than legitimately any other film in my entire life why upwards of 56 60 times upwards absolutely i've watched there was one summer i watched this every week for a couple times a week dude i've seen this movie a shocking amount of time and each time i watch it I'm reminded of why I love it. <laughs> what, when did you wait? When did you first see this? Then I saw this when it you came. Remember? So it came out in 1999. Uh, yeah, I remember my mother renting it for me at a Big Apple at a Big Apple store when they used to rent uh, VHS tapes right at a gas station. This was America back in you know the early 2000s. It must have been about 2000 at this time. By the time she got the VHS of it, and I must have watched it four or five times then. And then I became obsessed with it. Finally got it on VHS. Was one of the few movies I got to keep in my room. And it became a staple of my life ever since. Got it on DVD, then upgraded it to Blu-ray, dude. Thank God. Wow. So, so this isn't a movie where like we haven't seen it in years and like revisited. You've seen this last year. Last I watched year. it last year. We're in January of 2018. I probably watched it twice last year. I think I, I probably watched it on Thanksgiving. I watch I watch this movie every Thanksgiving. Why do you watch this movie every Thanksgiving? <laughs> so like. I, I, I went. I had a Thanksgiving one year, and like I walked into a bedroom, and there was a TV on, and this movie was playing, and I watched it. And then the next year, I went back to Thanksgiving, and it was playing again. I, there's some network out there that decided this is a Thanksgiving movie, and I've just gone with it. And I watch this movie for Thanksgiving every year. It could have been like a TNT or a USA. FX, or a sci-fi. FX does sci-fi. have the full... Dude, speaking of we'll sci-fi... We'll get into that, yeah. Yeah, sci-fi is actually making a sequel to this movie, which is crazy, because it's a time I never thought would come. And uh, as usual, I've never seen this movie, because... <laughs> It's just, why would I have seen this movie? <laughs> Shut up, all right? I had to watch Rookie of the Year. And what was the other one I watched? Goofy movie. A goofy movie and the Page Master. Oh, we've seen so many movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. We've <laughs> done this to each other before, but you t- you tend to pick ones that, like, well, grade on me. Yeah, like, yeah, a little yeah. Bit. Like, that's kind of the point of this, is that when, when we do do the movie that we both didn't love one of us has to really be passionate about it and the other person <laughs> is yeah, i'm left i'm gonna be left defending this spencer and i are going to be defending this movie zach you're just well, gonna be running a train I, through this whole thing i gotta oh, say absolutely. i'm glad to be here defending it because normally normally when i'm listening to you guys do this like I'll, I'll listen to the pod but i actually i i since i live with with zach uh, he is my room, my current roommate, and Brandon was my former. I listen Brag. to this podcast as they are recording it from the next room. Mm-hmm. Usually, I put in earplugs for unrelated reasons. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a ringing endorsement dang. from our guest. Thank that's you. right. That's right. Did I mention my name is Spencer? I don't think I actually said my name. We Did, said, we it, in said the it three Stop times. Stop playing attention. Right. This is, pay, the show's I, not about you. The I show's not about you. I'm, I'm, I'm the first oh, person who talks. So, oh man. So, to get in a little bit of the background on this, it's got a... Ugh. God damn it, dude. You can't do that while I'm doing this. 
It's got a 5.8 on IMDb and a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not terrible, but definitely middle of down the road. However, Roger Ebert, he gave it three out of four stars. He knows what what he's talking about, okay? Zach, stop looking so depressed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I've had trouble with the microphones all day. I just watched Deep Blue Sea for the first time ever. And I've, I've had two, shock. Yeah, two people in, in my ear telling right. me that this is... Would you say this is one of your favorite movies ever? Uh, I, all right, so no. here we get into this. This, in my opinion, is the perfect B movie. It's the it's the perfect mm-hmm. execution of a studio giving them an eighty two million dollar budget. By the way, to just let them make a stupid shark movie. I just I can't. And I love every second. I can't believe a studio saw this script and the dialogue and the what? ridiculousness and gave it eighty two million. All right, all right exactly. Like name name a shark movie besides Jaws that is better than this movie, or in terms of just enjoyable to the watch. The Shallows. The Shallows. Look, maybe better made, but it's not a better movie, dude. It's not entertaining. Jaws two. No, oh, come on. No, I won't give you forty-seven meters down, or Shark Night, or The Reef, or Bait, or any of them, dude. There's too many shark movies. Stands second, in my opinion, to Jaws. Okay, I disagree, but so, okay. uh, yeah, you're right. So the budget we mentioned that earlier, mm-hmm. yeah. 80 to eighty-two million. It made seventy-three million in the U.S., but made one hundred sixty-four million worldwide. Okay, so this kind of put a halt on a lot of those big-budget action movies because while this movie did turn a profit, it wasn't as successful as the studio had hoped. So I kind of... I think that's why we don't see this kind of subgenre of monster movies getting made on this scale anymore. And I'm not saying this is to blame because <laughs> there was also a bunch of other movies kind of similar to it released right around that time, like Anaconda. And this year, uh, the year it came out, 99, Lake Placid, if you oh, do yeah. remember. Yeah, so. yeah. Yes, I remember Lake Placid. <laughs> So it was 29th for the year, and some other horror-type thrillers that were out in 99, we've got The Blair Witch Project, uh, The Mummy, The Sixth Sense, Sleepy Hollow, The Haunting, The Bone Collector. Oh Remember God, The Bone, bone Collector? collector. Denzel Washington. Stigmata. How about a little 8mm or uh, Stir of Echoes? Kevin Bacon? Zach White. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a long list. Oh, man. I mean, I guess I'd rather watch Deep Blue Sea than there we Stigmata. Go. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. You win that for giving round. me that. You win that round, Deep Ugh. Blue Sea. So this was directed by Rennie Harland. Now this gentleman has had kind of a career of these big budget kind of stupid action movies. He started off with Nightmare on Elm Street Four, The Dream Master. He did Die Hard Two. He also did Cliffhanger. I don't know why my voice went like that. I apologize. What is happening? Uh, Cutthroat Island, The Long Kiss Goodnight, which paired him up with Samuel L. Jackson, which was why Jackson leapt at the opportunity to work with him again in this movie. Then he also did Driven, Exorcist the Beginning, uh, The Covenant, 12 Rounds, and The Legend of Hercules. Before we jump into the plot, a few more trivia bits. So this was largely shot in the same place Titanic was, Mm -hmm. uh, the Fox Studios Baja Complex. I will give you that this is kind of a stupid movie, but the sets in this... Really cool. Dude, uh, so we were watching the special features, uh, just kind of the behind-the-scene feature out of it, and uh, I will give this movie credit. Technically, they do some pretty amazing things in this film, besides the CGI. But, <laughs> but I mean, the sets, um, the animatronic sharks, um, even the way they shoot some of these, like, flood scenes, the, it... It's stunning. The acting? The acting. The dialogue? <laughs> the, di- the dialogue, dude. The dialogue is the premium. No, it's not. Man, this cast, though. We got Thomas Jane, of course, who went on to do The Punisher. Yep. And for when I was a kid, I, I for some reason thought this guy was going to be the next guy. Our next big hero. Yeah, so I remember him from The Punisher and... I think that was like it, right? Yeah, he doesn't really rack up. No, that's right. Any he's other he, yeah. Star. I yeah, forgot. I'd say he wasn't. 
the the years weren't kind to Thomas Jane. No, for sure. <laughs> but, but they sure as hell were to Michael Rappaport. <sighs> oh my God, let's. Michael Rappaport, man. He's, he plays Scoggins, dude. He's from New York. He's from he's from New York. <laughs> that's exactly right. He folds his pizza because that's how you fucking eat pizza. Guess what? The only person he's second to in this film is LL Cool J, who plays Preacher. Samuel Jackson. Oh, man. Oh. Saffron Burroughs. And a silent Ronnie Cox, who shows up for one scene in the beginning of this movie, never comes back I in. just can't believe Very I bizarre. did that. Yeah. I wouldn't have noticed him if you hadn't pointed him out. Like, no. he's, he, just sit, he just sits there like... <laughs> Under, like Samuel Jackson just has his hand on his shoulder, and I'm like, "There's a guy there. Like, what is that guy doing?" It's like three reaction shots. Like, he yeah, just, just cut it, that. Just cut that head. scene. He just, does a good job moving his head. Just cut it and reshoot it. Can you imagine him inviting his family to the premiere of the movie? Like, get ready. <laughs> I had this powerful scene of dialogue they shot. Listen, I, wept. I really come across as the villain here. Like, <laughs> yes. and and that's the thing that again we'll get we'll dive into this more in the plot. But I feel like dive cutting in. cutting. <laughs> God damn it. You know what, Spencer? <laughs> All right. We tried, it was Spencer. Nice. We that tried. Was episode- <laughs> that was episode three. That's the nostalgia video. Um, no, but cutting this scene of dialogue, I think, changes the perspective on who's the antagonist of this film. Sure. I, like, I'm sure there were – again, I don't know what lines he had that were cut, but I feel like it changes the dynamic of who was good and who was bad well, in this film moving forward. Maybe, but, like, what was his role? He was just, like – he was just the dude that paid them, right? I think he's the executive of this, yeah. you know – yeah. Company or well, whatever. he's the, the one, one who's like, he's the one that's sharks. he's the one that's pushing results. Who's making them do things that are probably questionable because he's like, we're spending a ton of money and seeing no results. That pushes them to do more illegal things. Which you know, you can argue back and forth. Who would be the bad guy in that situation? Are the people who did the illegal things, or the guy who's making them do the illegal things? But I think it wholly changes at least one of these characters in the movie. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think we should get into on, it, guys. Because like yeah, you want to dip your toes in? I think I think we should get into that deep blue sea. <laughs> which is how the title comes on the screen by the way. I it love comes the on way it one by one comes on. deep blue sea. I also love this theme song. This the score in this Music is pretty is good. Beautiful. I like it a yeah. lot. It's kind of a riff off of the Jaws theme. Um, we kind of updated. And you'll notice quite a bit of Jaws homages and, and references mm-hmm. because the director, you know, claims in the in the behind the scenes and whatnot, you know, he really wanted to like kind of <laughs> one up Steven Spielberg right. with this movie because his whole thing was you don't see the shark a lot in Jaws, and that's actually because <laughs> of the production issues and whatnot. Spielberg, of course, famously wanted to show more of, of Bruce the shark, but right. the, the prop kept breaking down and whatnot. And so the masterful filmmaking the movie is a classic because you don't see it and the suspense that it builds and whatnot and what your imagination, you know, and he takes it completely the opposite direction. But how much like, shark can we show? Show that fucking shark. Now, he does make a lot of homages to Jaws, but he does also make great links to tell you that it's not Jaws. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This isn't your dad's shark movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the first scene reminds you of Jaws. We won't well, dive, we won't... Well, yeah. so, well, so yeah. even their use of sharks, too, like, Mako sharks instead of a great white. Yeah. Like, that's that's a clear, like, because great whites are the ones you need to be scared of. Oh, Mako sharks don't grow to the size that they purport on this film. Yeah, exactly. Unless you not. help them. All right, let's just fucking do it. So we have these beautiful, indistinguishable white characters on a party boat in the middle of the ocean. And how would you know that they're having a good time? Well, I probably wouldn't know that they were having a party unless one actor stood up and said, we're having a party. I don't even think the actors said these lines. I think they just took these from some kind of stock archive because that's all they say. Oh, You're man. beautiful, but it's not like I, 
I don't understand. What was any that? Wine. Yeah, exactly. We're having a party. We're having We're a party, having party, man. It's pretty great. Uh, so some wine on the again, very extravagant boat out in the middle of nowhere. It's in the ocean. We get some tense music going on, and there's this boombox playing with a teddy bear on top. It tips off into the water, you know, kind of giving you a sense of foreboding danger. Ooh. But in case you didn't know, am I supposed to be worried? A shark is on its way. A wine bottle tips over, and are we led to believe that this is supposed to trick the shark? Like, right, this triggers he's underwater. the shark. Yeah, yeah. like oh, it must, that looks like blood. Isn't the second shot in this movie like shark vision? Oh yeah, let's yeah. talk about shark vision. It's basically like a circle in the center where everything's in focus, yeah, and then everything's kind of blurry. It's on the like side. Spidey yeah. senses, but for sharks. Yeah. <laughs> so they're attacking this boat. Yeah, it starts hammering underneath, and I. Kind of dig the way this opens. It's really stupid, but I like the effect of the shark breaking through the uh, floorboards there. It's kind of yeah, cool. no, it looks good. Yeah, and let's dive into this. Whenever they use <laughs> every time, <laughs> every time whenever they use the you know practical effects, the mechanical shark or whatnot, it's pretty awesome. I like it a lot. There are some beautiful shots in this because, and like I said this in Jurassic Park Three. I'll say it again. I will always take the animatronics over the CGI. Yeah, I, like even if it, like it does make it a little less. You know, it, it, even if you can tell that it's a mechanical shark, oh, yeah. I think it still looks better cleaned up with CGI than a full CGI thing, especially back then during this movie. Yeah. So the shark breaks through, everyone falls in the water, and then this is, I never understood this even as a kid. The shark was just under the boat, yet when they look up, the shark is now like 50 feet away. <laughs> yeah, like, shark, shark, dude. I don't know why it left. doing? Yeah, why'd it leave? Crazy anyway, shark, it's racing towards them. You know, it's a race against time to get back on the boat. But luckily, they're sh- saved by, what did you say during this? Like, shark hunter ex machina? Yeah. Yeah, he just appears out of nowhere, <laughs> man. Like, Thomas Jane as Carter Blake. <laughs> Carter Blake, dude. I was thinking about this, though. I was wondering, like, how, like, is he just spying on these dudes? But then I, I, I thought about it. No, no, no. Like, so th- th- these sharks are like test subjects, right? Yeah. yeah. They gotta well, have them tagged, they knew, right? Oh, yeah, they knew the shark escaped. They knew the shark and, escaped. And yes, I did make that connection too, but like they have no I, he's in a boat. Like a big boat the size of that same yacht. With and lights they, they on it, yeah. With lights all over the place. They don't seem coming. I get that they were, like, about to make sex. Oh, yeah, they were going to have some sexy yeah. time. Oh, oh yeah, sex dude. was but about to be a party, made. Man. They were having a party. <laughs> no, but if, so, but if he has this shark tagged and he's, like, tracking him, he comes upon the upon these people right before they get eaten and he saves them. Like, that's great and all. But I would like to point out, that if these sharks are tagged, that never comes up at all in the rest of the movie. And that would help them in a lot of situations if they knew where the fuck the sharks were. I, I think this is a smart movie that makes you make assumptions. Well, no. <laughs> guys, I think you guys are being foolish. This is a regular Mako shark that they have there. Maybe they're just tagging the feed and not the Gen 1 or 2s, dude. Maybe they don't have tags in the Gen Wait, 1 dude, 2s. what are you talking about, We'll get Gen into 1. it. But we failed to mention the Punisher fucking harpoons this shark. <laughs> it's pretty Twice. awesome. Twice. Two harpoons and he's just standing there. Silent, watching them, looking handsome. Oh yeah, he's got some blonde curly locks there, tan skin. I, I disagree with the idea that he should have had curly hair. This it looks ridiculous. And now we cut to, yeah, we're in the city somewhere. I don't know where. It doesn't establish where, but it's giant it's like skyscraper. Dude, it's yeah. a city. You know that some fat cat lives here. Oh, cute fat suit, rich suit. Yeah, some rich suit. And sure enough, there's silent Ronnie Cox sitting in a chair, doesn't say a word, and yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, is going off about how they're losing profits. They're not seeing results, okay? And, and then this woman comes in. Saffron Burroughs. Playing Susan. Yep. Susan drops a newspaper on the table, which just says, I believe, Test Shark. Test Escape. Shark Escapes. <laughs> so she comes in chatting about basically what this whole operation is built for and, and, and does. They're trying to 
create a cure for Alzheimer's disease? Is that what I'm led to believe? I mean, that I, I'm going to, full disclosure, for the first 10 minutes of this film, I had no idea what anybody was talking <laughs> about. No idea. I was unfocused. I was, like, blown away. Um, but yes. A dum dum. This is for smart, intelligent people like yeah. us. That's Spencer. Why don't you drop it on him? Yeah. What are they chatting about? Yeah. So Alzheimer's. They're trying to find the cure for Alzheimer's. The first half hour of this movie hammers that home, Zach. I don't know where you were. Yeah. I want the How audience. I want the audience to know that I was well aware of what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I don't know why they were talking so long about it. Because so, yeah, it no, didn't... it's true. They go on and on. Susan's like, "All right, you got to give me a little more time to to fix this. I know the shark escaped and tried to eat people, but." Let we, me. We got this in the bag. Let me we, prove to you yeah. that we can do this. Yeah. So they go to their research facility out in the middle of the ocean. Aquatica, dude. So it's a world. It, apparently, it was a World War II submarine refueling station. They're in this plane and they're talking about, I guess, his past with some incident that occurred in the Appalachians or yeah. the, the Alps. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, the, she thinks it's the Himalayas, and That's then it right. turns out to be the Alps. And dude. this isn't just idle conversation. This is the writers of Deep Blue Sea here, so that's going to come back in, in a big way. Yeah, there's no idle chatter in this movie. It doesn't oh. waste any time. Oh, no. They slowly build this whole, like, in the mountains plot yeah. point with yeah. Samuel Sam He's a survivor, character. and yeah. we don't know how or why, but he is. Yeah. Let's stay Nothing tuned. Yeah. Down. He plays Russell Franklin. He's a, a millionaire or a billionaire or something. I don't, th- I don't, does, I don't know. Does own he this company, do- or is no, he just kind of like so. a, an errand guy? I feel like he was like, you know, yeah, behind I, the scenes of, yeah. you know. I think he's just some rich suit. Silent Ronnie Cox. Some rich suit. Who thinks he's a rich suit, guys? Carter Blake. Carter Blake. <laughs> Dude, so we're introduced to him. He's on, well, his second introduction, sorry. But he didn't talk in the first one because he's so handsome. He's so stoic and, yeah, and quiet so and handsome and cool. Yeah. He, when they first show this shark that they're dropping in the tank, dude, this is awesome. It looks like a fucking real shark. And if it's not a real mm-hmm. shark, they did fantastic animatronic work. Because it's a giant Mako shark. It's got a license plate stuck in its mouth. And they're just kind of dropping it in. It's these scenes that... I've ne- you as a kid I never saw before like you don't in Jaws you didn't really see the shark that much until the end and I think I latched onto this because I was just obsessed with sharks and whales and all kinds of shit in the water. You're the when reason, I was a kid. You're the reason we have to put up with Shark Week every every Shark year. Week and now I guess the bullshit Sharknado movies which I yeah. can't get through. Like I think this, this is it done right. Carter he's swimming with sharks. All right, so Sam Jackson is introduced to Jan, who's played by Jacqueline McKenzie, and she's kind of an exposition machine. All she does is just discuss what this place is and yeah. what it's mapped out like. She's the only nice person in this movie. I, I mean, I want to put my two the cents only in. Nice Jan, Jan, I think is one of the best characters just because she delivers a line <laughs> later that ah. Uh, I might I might disagree it. with you as t- in terms one of, of best one of one of the best. Well, I Not mean, there's me only best. five of them. So. It's true. And mo- I mean, we'll get to how many of them die, but you know. Well, she introduces us to a world of gliding monsters. <laughs> oh, that's a trailer line right there. What is it exactly? Yeah, yeah. A world of gliding monsters. Yeah. Oh man! Right. So just beneath the glassy surface. So Carter, he's underwater chasing a shark down. He basically hooks onto the side of it with his hands, no protection on whatsoever, and pulls a license plate out of this shark's mouth. Now, when the shark is coming up behind. Him because he's kind of so cool that he's tricking the shark. He spins around, and when he does, the shark roars. Let's get into this, guys. Sharks don't roar, do they? No, of course not. They're dumb fish. I'm not a marine biologist, dude. Maybe they roar. No, it's a fish. Have you ever heard a fish lion roar? Have you ever heard a fish roar? No, have you ever given a fish the opportunity to roar? Ooh, we fucking spun that one on you. I think we we would have heard fish roar, yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, where are we going with that? Um, well, we can go with the party boat leaving. Oh, my so, God. I get, apparently, this is Friday, I guess, or Saturday, whatever day this is. The weekend crew is, is heading out, or the, the day crew's heading the out. The day Aquatica crew's, is yeah. clearing out. Yes, man. so it's, we're just stuck with the skeleton crew, which is the, you know, the ragtag group of folks we've already we've previously mentioned. Honestly, seems like the perfect time to run a proving test for your company. Yeah. If when nobody's hangs, there. Yeah. Everything hangs in the God balance of damn this it. procedure. Yeah. It'd be yeah. nice to have, you know, a few, like maybe a medic on hand. Yeah, you're all going to lose your jobs Monday. Uh, have a good weekend. <laughs> yeah. And don't they're all worry. dancing. They're excited about Don't it. worry. We're just running a test that will keep us open or closed. Don't worry about it. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, they're doing that classic dance, too, where somebody told them, like, just look like you're having fun. And they're just, like, moving their body. Oh, yeah. They're all, like, gyrating not clearly not to any music. <laughs> yeah. So, Jane gives this whole exposition dump about the facility kind of how it's all mapped out and like I mentioned earlier I really like the set design here half of it's underwater half of it's above it it's just this giant massive floating structure in the middle of nowhere no, Which, it's beautiful too. It like you, I can't tell. Like, did they build that whole thing, or was it a, like a set that they found during location shooting? Because they had to have built that. That looks. I don't it's think an enormous that's a real structure, thing. and it's it looks amazing. It's a yeah. great setting for a yeah. horror thriller. Very claustrophobic. I like it, dude. Yeah, I mean, this movie kind of has vibes of, like, a haunted house where they get stuck down. I mean, she, we were giving this exposition of all these sub-levels and how that all works, but it, it, they'll get trapped down there later, as you'll find out. So we get a little more of Susan McAllister's work. She's operating off some floppy some floppy disks, dude, back in the 90s. 90s, dude. I love the was 90s high technology tech. back yeah. then, yeah. And can we explain a little bit about this procedure? So she's she's practicing at this point. She's got a model shark with looks like real brain tissue inside. They're sucking out brain juice and putting it on other people's brains. Is that what's happening? So yeah, it's a protein. Yeah, you, I, yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't look too deep into the actual <laughs> science of this and whether or not it's a thing, but it looks like she's just sticking a giant dipstick Guys, into the shark's brain and pulling out brain juice. This is how you solve all medical procedures. Take juice from object, put juice into other object, and it's, it's fixed. And they're firing. It's they're firing. firing. <laughs> you just got to have enough juice, dude, which is, you know. Ugh. So Carter Blake, we get a little bit. More backstory on our hero here. He apparently did two years in Leavenworth for smuggling, dude. Oh, what, no. dude? But I like the water. But he doesn't want to make waves. Okay? You can tell he doesn't want to make waves because he says it once more after this. Yeah, he'll He's... also say it an inch away from Samuel L. Jackson's face. This whole There's so many conversations in this movie where people just slowly start to... Well, I won't say people. It's one guy, and it's Thomas Jane. <laughs> he keeps walking up to people, very slowly delivering his dialogue till he's inches away from their face. Very uncomfortable. His business card says Shark Wrangler. <laughs> the coolest job title ever. Oh, but he's not as cool as the next character we get a little... <laughs> oh, cut to... Tell me L Cool J. Ah, preacher, dude. What's his real name? They do mention it. It's like Sherman it's like, Dudley or it something doesn't like that. It doesn't matter. No, no I think he's LL Cool J or preacher. preacher. Yeah. He's got a parrot that berates him the entire film. Calls him a shithead. Calls him a shithead and a fat butt. Why is this parrot in this film? Well, you know, they Who this, to... Did LL Cool J ask for this parrot? Was this written in the script? Did. Because, like... Why do you have a parrot underwater? I, I mean, I mean the parrot's pissed at him clearly. Yeah, I don't know who taught him these words, but he literally just spends the entire film cutting LL Cool J down and threatening <laughs> and LL Cool J for his part threatens to cook the bird at least 3 times. Yeah, yeah. and if you didn't know, okay, so he's a cook, but why is he called preacher? He's pretty religious. What, There's a dude? lot of religious symbolism in this film, all right? This isn't your average shark thriller. No, you're meant to think about the shark thriller. <laughs> All right, so while while LL Cool J is 
talking with his parrot and making food, which is probably filled, filled with parrot shit. Feeding time. Uh, it's feeding time <laughs> for the sharks up top. So uh, Carter brings up uh, the t- a tiger shark and uh, feeds it to the Gen 1 sharks. Yeah, so there are three sharks, three three tested sharks anyway, the ones that have been meddled with here. Alzheimer's shark. Sharks for Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, sharks for Alzheimer's. The, there are two Gen 1s and one Gen 2. That's the mama, and she's the biggin'. But she's got two boys, I guess. And they're kind of, you know... <laughs> I think they say they're all females, don't they? Oh, they're I think they female are female. Sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the shark gets fucking ripped apart so quickly. And I love the sound design here, because it literally just sounds like scissors cutting up paper. It's like... <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, cannibal sharks were introduced, too. Pretty sweet. But what we don't know above the surface here is that it's... It's Susan's birthday. Oh They're my a god! Birthday bash, bro. Yeah, they are. They are. But but have we introduced Deborah yet? She does not. She's not around for very long. Is that the girl in the tower? I don't know if that's her actual name. I'm just going to call <laughs> her Deborah. Like she looks like a Deborah. No, we also failed to mention Doctor Jim Whitlock, who's the most brilliant man in the world. We also haven't discussed fucking the best character, who's Scotland. <laughs> We haven't talked about dude. Michael Rappaport. So he's basically, yeah, your ter- stereotypical New York, I guess, engineer. He's basically the janitor of this place, I guess. I don't know what he does. Uh, he's, I think he's engineering or yeah, tech he's support. Talking about, yeah. yeah, he's talking about fence heights off the water and whatnot. Yeah. And... He's the C-3PO of this movie, though. Like, every time he uh, talks, it's to give you facts and figures and numbers. Yeah. And everybody else is like, shut up. So. But if you were wondering, how could C-3PO get more annoying? Why don't we give him a New York accent? <laughs> <laughs> These fences, oh. they're too high. I don't know, eight feet. Give us a take. What is it? Give oh, a centimeter. Yeah, how high do these fences go? I don't know, eight feet. Give or take a centimeter. Yeah, screw you. Thank Thanks, you for dude. going into two systems of measurement for us. You're the real engineer on this place. Come on, man. Taxi. So, a huge storm is coming in. Yeah, and uh, Deborah's worried about it. Yeah, of course Deborah's worrying about. It. Did they just not know that this storm was coming in? It seems to fucking surprise everybody. Well, she describes so it as a squall. Yeah, first. she says there's a, there's a there's a bitch of a squall coming in from the southwest or something like that. I don't know. Great what she accent. Says. It turns. Yeah, we know how. I mean with <laughs> and that then accent. it turns like full on into a hurricane. Yeah, but the party boat is already gone, so there's no like nobody's leaving. They're hanging out. They're having a party for Susan. It's a good time. Yeah, and there's also this weird romantic tension going on between her and Carter. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're both two good-looking bros, or yeah. peeps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Susan's a dude. Spoiler. <laughs> no, but but there, I can't tell if they have done anything or they want to. or Because he mentions maybe he'll let me you know, take you out for that beer or whatever. Yeah, so he's clearly tried before, and she's so, you know, she's so into her work, man. Yeah. She's a fucking professional. Have we mentioned she has a British accent? Oh, she does, dude. She does. Why is that important? (laughs) (laughs) The weird part is, is that I can't tell if she's the hero or the villain of this movie. Exactly. Carter begins to prep uh, the sharks, I guess, for procedure. He's got to go out there and trank one of them. But it goes wrong, okay? So he's out on the water walk or whatever the hell the thing is called in this little kind of protected cage chamber area type thing. And as he goes to shoot the shark, the sharks, both of them try to attack the cage. They recognize the gun and back away, which to which surprises the hell out of everyone, including Jan, who says, sharks can't swim backwards. I don't know if sharks. I, I, I don't know I either, no dude. Don't know, no, don't know enough food. about sharks. Guys, don't put uh, this I on me. <laughs> You're going to have to be the resident shark expert, oh, no! dude. <laughs> oh. We'll get an answer on that. Um, oh, so, so the sharks start, uh, they, atta- they attack him and they back off when they see the gun, but then... They start taking out all of the security cameras. 
This is when this movie really starts to lose me, man. <laughs> no, this is when you start to believe. Hang on a second. These sharks aren't your average fishes, dude. Yeah, Samuel They're Jackson smart sharks. Is, Samuel Jackson is worried. He's looking at these like, did the shark just recognize the gun? Is he taking out the security cameras? What's going on? <laughs> so I've never understood this part. But anyway, Carter winds up tricking the shark, shoots him with a, a dart or whatever, and the shark falls asleep. How does he get the shark onto this platform that raises it up into their little their little facility, their little research center? Listen, there? man, runtime was getting a little long. They had to take creative licenses. They put the shark in the facility. <laughs> Carter's job title is Shark Wrangler. It's if true. you can't wrangle Obviously. a shark onto a platform, what the fuck are they playing? Yeah, Eat him exactly. For. No, you're right. You're right. So, like you mentioned earlier, they get this, which is kind of cool. It's this gigantic animatronic shark. And I like the way this looks. It's pretty realistic looking for the most part anyway. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she takes that giant ass dipstick and she shoves it into, I love the way, hang on, the machine that latches onto the shark is making all these sci-fi like oh, yeah. airlock noises. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, what? And yeah, I don't know. It involves lasers and a dipstick and she somehow gets some literal brown, just brain juice. I guess they're harvesting protein and she goes to squirt it on this Alzheimer patient's brain and then they're waiting for some sort of electrical... So yeah, you so can tell that the brain starts to function. Yeah, again. there's a little piece of brain on like a petri dish that they have from like some Alzheimer's patient. They're like, let's squirt some shark juice on that dude, and it starts like you know lighting up like a Christmas tree. And like it's working, and and Samuel Jackson's like, you did it. Seconds. Just as everything seems like a success, dude, Dr. Jim Whitlock goes to smoke a cigarette and he's leaning down chatting with the shark like, good job, buddy. The shark fucking wakes up and tears his goddamn arm off. Pretty sweet, dude. All in slow-mo, pretty graphic, fucking sweet. Dude, reminds me of Pennywise from It. Spoilers. <laughs> fucking Georgie's this guy. It's pretty awesome, though. And I love this scene as a kid. It's all in slow-mo and everyone turns around like, no! Yeah, you mentioned this, this scene is in slow-mo. A lot of scenes in this movie are just randomly in slow motion. Not like full-on slow motion, but just like a Can you imagine the runtime if they had taken out all the slow motion in this? It might have been a, been little, a page master yeah. law. It been a page yeah. master law. So they call in the Coast Guard medics or whatnot. The storm is raging outside. Fucking waves crashing. There's tsunami practically happening outside. They get that. <laughs> I love this. So they're attaching Jim on this, uh, what is it, a gurney, essentially? Yeah, yeah like an emergency like rescue rope or yeah. something. Yeah, and because it's pouring out, they can't lower the helicopter helicopter because the storm's too too serious mm -hmm. so they're just attempting to basically pull him up using this winch and a fucking like, metal cable yeah i guess they pull him up he gets halfway up before the thing catches fire and essentially stalls and stops and breaks the uh, the winch there and he's stuck suspended just kind of lifting his hand out like please save me or whatnot <laughs> and then the whole thing breaks the cable goes down and he falls into the water Completely submerged, but he's still got an oxygen mask on. So he's alive, which is ridiculous. This leads to explosion fucking city, dude, because yeah. while we were watching the movie, we asked Zach, Zach, what do you think's going to happen right now? And what did you say? Something like I said, probably something stupid like the shark's going to get a hold of the helicopter and drag it down. <laughs> pretty pretty much, dude. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't leap out of the ground or anything, <laughs> or the water, but he does grab Jim, and he just starts swimming. It pulls the helicopter into the facility, setting off... 50 fucking explosions. Yeah, it's this crazy. Coast Guard rescue helicopter had to have been carrying a nuke. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like, the whole thing goes up in enormous fashion. Cool practical effects and a couple shots. Love though. the explosions. Yeah. It occurs to me now that when we were watching the movie, we, did, we didn't count the first death till later. I think Deborah and both of those pilots died. We thought there was a uh, oh, that's an true alien death later. So yeah, there's, I don't know how far we are. We, I was we thinking main cast, main cast. Yes. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm just glad Deborah's dead because she didn't do anything. <laughs> So below uh, the surface there, they're kind of 
you know, just figuring out the shit's going down. They look up at this giant plate glass window, which, of course, on the other side is just open ocean. And wouldn't you know it, they notice a little speck floating closer to them. Say, little Jackson, please tell me what that is. Please. It's fucking Dr. One-Arm. It's it's Dr. Dr. Jim Whitlock. And this shark uses this fucking body like a kid throwing a rock through a window. It literally just speeds up, chucks the body toward the window. It hits, and all of a sudden, everything starts cracking. And this is where the movie kicks into fucking overdrive, Zach. Good. (laughs) So excited. Also, whoever designed that window is dumb. (laughs) Why do you have that there? It's like a 20-foot wide window. Like, you know, hundreds of feet underwater. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so the whole place starts to flood once the window breaks. And I like this effect. It's real fucking water crashing in. Dude, it seems dangerous. It like seems it. so dangerous. It looks really cool, too. At this point, several layers or levels, rather, of Aquatica are flooding. Certain rooms are. Certain rooms aren't. And they kind of reconvene where we're left with Sam Jackson, Saffron Burroughs, Tom Jane, Michael Rappaport, and Jan, because I can't remember her name. That's okay. Uh, Then LL Cool J is alive, but he's off doing his own thing for most of this movie. Uh, Oh, man. How many of those are you opening? I I got one, too. Oh! Keep doing this to me. (laughs) So we find out kind of more of Susan's nefarious deeds. She explains the shark's didn't have big enough brains, I guess, to harvest the amount of protein they needed. So they violated some contract. The Harvard Compact. I don't know know if that's a real thing or not. It's probably not real, but yeah, it's like a... You can't do genetic alterations on creatures or something. I don't know. Yep. But they do it. They make the sharks a lot bigger. So they got bigger brains. They got more brain juices. Can I also mention, too, really quick? They act like this is a huge reveal, and it's like... They've mentioned this like three times oh, already yeah. that they it was did this. Very clear that these sharks were genetically modified to be bigger. But but Jan has my, this is why I like Jan. Jan looks at Susan after Susan reveals this and says, "You stupid bitch! <laughs> you stupid bitch!" After Susan gives the line, as a side effect, the sharks got smarter. <laughs> you, stupid <laughs> yeah. you stupid bitch! You stupid bitch! Everyone's kind of bickering back and forth, and Samuel L. Jackson asks the riddle that will. <laughs> Carry this movie to its conclusion. What does an 8,000-pound Mako shark with a brain the size of a flathead V8 engine and no natural predators think about? We'll find out later that that might be freedom. Wait, that was a callback? <laughs> the deep blue They called back? <laughs> I didn't even remember that line. the answer to the riddle. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I don't even remember him saying oh, that man. Line. Cut to our favorite character. Right, he's our favorite character. LL Cool J, Preacher. Can we oh. agree that Preacher is the best character? Preacher is the best character, but he's probably uh, number one just, just... Ahead of Scroggs. Scoggins, Scoggins. Scoggs, Scoggs, Scroggs. He's the best, man. <laughs> Fucking Michael Rabbit. Well, LL Cool J has a lot of time to himself to kind of like, you know, get his character Oh, they just out made it LL Cool J just like talk in front yeah. of camera. Like, I don't know, LL. <laughs> what did they refer to him on set as? Oh, you Lawrence. They, yeah, no, Lawrence. I All right, Lawrence. <laughs> just, uh, you know. Talk to your bird. Yeah. That, he's, there's so much bird. Where are you, bird? I love you, bird. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that was bad. this is cool. I like this location a lot because it's essentially a shark stalking someone through a fucking hallway. What other movie could you do that with, man? Sharknado. No, but that's... <laughs> Stop it. Dude, that's stupid. This is smart. <laughs> no, so, it's not. <laughs> the hallways... They're the biggest sharks on the planet, <laughs> and they're like submerged in water that only goes up to LL Cool J's waist. <laughs> It's true. You it's can't true. hide these this, this sharks shark, here. This shark is stalking LL Cool J, and you don't see its fin, but like the water is only like three feet deep, top. Yeah, yeah. And this shark is supposed to be huge. 
It is, dude. And this is where we get the heart-wrenching scene of the bird's demise. Who, by the way, it's just called Bird. It's just named Bird. No, it's just Bird. So the shark kind of <laughs> corners him into the kitchen, at which point the bird, he finally finds it. And, and I like this. The shark, you know, leaps out of the water, eats the bird. And LL Cool J goes in and is chased into his own goddamn oven. Oh, I hope he references the Bible in a hard situation <laughs> like this. He sure does. Yeah! But he winds up, like, hacking his way up to the top layer of the oven at some point. Oh, but you guys missed. Why is he hacking out of the oven? Oh. Because the shark turned on the oven. The shark turned on the gas Look, oven. Look, guys, this is a smartly written film. Obviously, the shark doesn't know what the oven is, and he doesn't purposefully turn the oven on, but in the thrashing... Yeah, the oven gets turned on. It's a very symbolic scene, because aren't we all just trapped in a submerged oven with a shark right outside and the oven turned on? <laughs> Isn't that just life? That's the shark an allegory represents, for life. Yes, the stresses of life. Yeah. <laughs> so he leaps wow. over the shark and then delivers one of the best lines of the movie as he lights a lighter, which I don't understand. How is the gas... If so, he, I guess if he opens the, the oven, oven, a little bit of gas would get out, yeah, it right? it doesn't make any sense. But he, this apparently filled the whole fucking room with gas because he throws his lighter as he's like, you ate my bird. <laughs> throws it, explosion, he kills one shark. One shark, one of the gens, they're down. Gen yeah, one. Two sharks to go. <sighs> How many people do we have left? We have, we have two, one shark down. We still have all of our castmates except no, for Dr. Jim Whitlock. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Next up is a literally legendary scene. All right, this film goes this scene goes down in the movie books as one of the best unexpected deaths in cinema history. I, this is the scene that this movie exists for. Yes. Admittedly did not see this coming. Of course you didn't because you're not a fucking mind reader, bro. Because I have a basic understanding of story development. So, so Zach, I want you having not seen this film before, walk us through this scene. So, as, as you saw it. So they've run into this chamber where they were going to take a submarine to escape out. The submarine's busted because of various explosions. Explosion, if you will. <laughs> yes. Um, so they're panicking. They're trying to figure this out. And Sam Jackson he starts doing his Sam Jackson thing. He screams at everybody, stop! Yep. And he gives a fucking And he gives this speech. fucking amazing speech about how, like, you know... You weren't there when the ice fell or anything, yeah. you know, where he talks about him this getting stuck in an avalanche and reveals that he's a cannibal, <laughs> that he fucking ate people. And, like, nobody reacts. Nobody was like, you ate someone? No, no. They're just, like, enthralled with this story. And he's like, so we are going to get out of here. The first thing we're going to do. I forgot what the exact line So was. we're not going to fight anymore oh, we're going to pull right. ourselves together and get out of here starting First, with we're going to seal off this pool shark jumps out fucking eats him dude <laughs> I, just I admit, reaches out of the water like the hand of god <laughs> grasps sam jackson and bites him the fucking half drags him under red water oh my god they killed off sam jackson I was not watching the movie this, at this moment. I was watching Zach's face. I wanted to see how Zach reacted. The, this, how would you describe my reaction to this scene, Spencer? Uh, your reaction was, no, they fucking didn't. I believe that was through your exact words. <laughs> no, they fucking didn't. Why would Which, they do this? <laughs> no, see, this is why this, Sam Jackson is the highest billed actor in this movie. And they're just like, nope, we're going to shoot it. Heroic scene. This is the moment he pulls them all together. They fight the sharks. They get to the surface. Okay, no, and this is no, he gets his head ripped off. And by this a shark. is an overall problem that I have with this film because I don't think they did that 
to the benefit of the story. I think they did that because people aren't going to fucking see this coming. They wanted to oh, seem cool. Dude, it this was the Scream opening. They're they going to kill much, Drew Barrymore in the first yeah, minutes of Scream? And they pretty much admit that in the... In the behind the scenes, they're oh, yeah. like, you never know who's going to die in this movie. Like, yep. But that didn't benefit the story. If anything, this guy just admitted to being a cannibal. <laughs> He's got a completely different line of where he should go. Like, now you've got to be weary of this guy. He's fucking crazy. Oh, my God. He's capable of anything. He could do so many badass things. He could kill so many sharks. No, he just gets fucking eaten after this amazing revelation about him. That's bullshit. That's bad writing. No, that's not no. good. Look, that is not bad writing. Look, this is what I'll give you. What's funny as a kid, I remember when this happened and it, and it blew my mind. But then I was left with the realization, we have Tom Jane and Michael Rappaport left. Yeah. Saffron Burr. Like, like, are you kidding me? Luckily, I keep LL Cool J. Thank God. But he's not even involved if in LL this LL Cool J of, wasn't yeah. in this group, like... If LL Cool J wasn't alive, I'd have checked out of this movie entirely because I don't care about any of these other stupid characters. <laughs> Why should I? You don't well, care about Scoggins? No, you know, all right. I'm making jokes about him, Everybody but no, I didn't Scoggins. care about Scoggins. The, the worst sh- character ever. The shock value of that moment, though. It was so good. Like, I can just picture watching that in theaters for the first time, like, losing your shit. Yeah, dude. Well, no, what was funny, so Rennie Harlan, the director, he says that he watched this scene in theaters and that... The whole movie pays off at that scene because everyone's like, holy shit. The only problem with it, with it is the CG of this shark jumping out is fucking it's, terrible. It's pretty bad. It's bad. It's pretty I bad. just, listen, I get that it pays off. And you're right. There is shock there. But I think the movie overall, in the end, is hurt by it. Yeah, kind of, whatever. Did, we lose a character who became interesting for the first time in the whole film. Like, they've been building up to, like, hey, man, you were in a scary, crazy right. situation. And then it just ends. Where where would you ha- would you have had him survive? Or would you have No, I'd have had him later? die at the end. Die at the end. And maybe he, like, starts turning on a few of them when he thinks his survival is yeah. true. Comes All right. In, All right. In, yeah, he kills, off, he kills off Tom Scoggins. Jane. Oh, he definitely oh, man, kills he off eats Scoggins. Scoggins. He, he kills eats Scoggins, <laughs> dude. That's a whole better I wouldn't movie. even know if he that. eats Scoggins. Yeah. But, like, he, He's like, pushes, animal, he pushes Scoggins off of a ledge to, like, buy him time while he escapes. There's so many cool things. They're underwater. The elevator shaft scene. Oh, that's right. the next one, right. too. That's the yeah, next scene. Yeah, they could have pushed right, him elevator. off that, Let's killed him, bought time, and people would have been like, you're a monster. And he's like, I'm trying to survive. <laughs> it just, it could have been just a completely different sort of movie. And I think they'd sealed their fate when they killed off the interesting character the minute he becomes interesting. Yeah, well, right. Zach, you know All what right. I have to say All to right. that? <laughs> So the bottom of the facility is now flooding, so they're taking this elevator shaft to try to get closer to the surface level. However, the top is completely aflame, so they want to get off, I guess, at some other stop along the elevator shaft? Yeah, some other level so they can walk around the fire at the top. Yeah, but the problem is they don't know which levels are flooded, where the sharks are, so they climb up this giant-ass ladder, as slow as shit, by the way. (laughs) It takes them so long to do this. Oh my god. But below them, the water starts flooding. Carter goes down to, I guess, open up one of the levels to buy him some time so that once that level floods out, you know, they have a chance of of survival. However, he doesn't know that a shark is below him, <laughs> fucking smashing its nose into the door. They break so many steel doors with their faces, these <laughs> sharks. It's unbelievable. Yeah, how are these sharks? These sharks must have a concussion. They've got big brains. We know that now. Yeah, they're an 8,000-pound mako shark with a flathead. More brains, brain more the size of the flathead V8 right? yeah. engine with no natural predators. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have opposable thumbs, though. So how are they getting oh, doors, shit. Yeah, dude? they can't turn it. I don't know, man. They've proven they can turn on ovens. <laughs> it's true. So eventually, you know, more of these people got to die. So the ladder comes, I guess, unhinged or whatever, falls. And there's a nice little action set piece here I like that 
kind of sets the, the ladder horizontal so that Jan falls off. She falls into the water below them. And they're kind of safe for a small amount of time because the water continues to rise below them. And they know the shark's in there. So they're trying to find Jan. And wouldn't you know it, the fucking shark comes up with her in his mouth. It's like a weird... <laughs> Dude, I this was a questionable decision. <laughs> was it? Ah, man. I mean, Jan, Jan had to die. Jan definitely had oh, to no, die. Oh, no, Jan had to it's die. It's the manner in which she the goes. The manner in which she dies. The shark... I, like, how do we put this? The shark comes up, and he's like, God, he's, he's in between her legs. Yeah, it's in between her legs. And it, come, it rises out of the ground, and honestly, out of the water. It rises out of the water, and it's a really cool image, actually. It's, like, shocking and, like, holy shit, and there's yeah. blood everywhere, and she's fucking screaming. I just, I, I don't know. It seemed weird to me. I feel like you could have had her legs in the shark. Like, they've cut her in half. Maybe, something. yeah, but, know. you know, it probably would have looked silly. This oh, looks but cool. So it looks like this is the all hope is lost moment. Tom yeah. Jane's like sitting there, head against the ladder, like, what's that noise above us? It sounds like something's trying to break through. Probably the sharks flooded level three. Yeah, we're fucked. But wouldn't you know it? Wait a L- minute. L Cool J. Preacher's Ooh. here to save the day. He even like gives a little like sailor nod. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he gives him a salute. A salute. <laughs> oh, Jesus so we get a little bonding scene. Uh, Preacher and Scoggins becoming best friends <laughs> due to his theory of relativity Insta- yeah. speech. Yeah, because he gives like the weirdest analogy analogy and an explanation of the theory of relativity. Yeah. And and Scox is like, I went, spent, to, I went to school for four years. That's the best explanation yeah. I've ever heard of the theory of relativity. Put your hand relativity. on a hot stove, it lasts forever. Put your hands on a hot girl, it'll last just a second. I don't understand what that means. Yeah, because I, yeah. you're dumb and you're not as smart as Scoggins and us. I uh, fine, I'll take that. <laughs> no, they, they have a dumb. they have a weird moment though. Like Scoggins is like, "Can you zip me up?" <laughs> it's so weird them trying to like develop this bro relationship. Like, never bro hug after. Like if you really wanted to make this a thing, you have to have more scenes. You have to make this movie a little exactly, longer. Exactly. This is like the first time they talk. I was saying, LL Cool J has been alone movie. this whole movie. There yep. was one scene where he's like running bar up at the birthday party. But oh, yeah. other than that, this is the first time he's interacted with people. Like you want me to just, oh yeah, friendship. They're fucking buds, dude. <laughs> Come on. Just in case you were like worried LL Cool J wouldn't spend more time by himself, though. He's then left alone, and he, <laughs> he has this like video will that he gives, oh, where he basically just tells everyone the recipe for the perfect omelet. Some amateurs use milk, but that's a mistake. But of course, this is played for laughs, because he doesn't mention it at first. He starts talking about, like, I've always thought, you know, what, what, what do I tell everybody? What do I tell kids? This what do I story, tell everybody? Yeah. This is my story. My story is good cooking. <laughs> I don't know. 2D character, man. I mean, he's, he's very good. So Susan goes back to her office trying to find the data because, you know, if, if all this, if the data's destroyed, all this shit was for nothing. But you know what? If a few bodies, it's bodies among foundations. If you got a, the greater good, you know what I mean? They're trying to solve our Alzheimer's. What is that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. She goes into her room to get data. <laughs> And is stalked by another shark. This is the other Gen 1. And can we explain how she kills this shark using electricity? No, no, okay. no, I want you to explain what your reaction was the first time you saw this scene. As a kid, you know, you it's few and far between that you get to see anything with some TNA. Well, I was going to say, let footage. me let me just be honest. I was distracted because it. <laughs> so she's, she's wearing, desk, yeah, yeah, she's on a desk. 
And she looks up at a light bulb and is like, <gasps> gets light an idea. Bulb. And you immediately think, oh, she's going to electrocute the shark. So she pulls some, like, cable wiring down. But you don't see this coming, But you do don't you? see this coming because you're like, okay, like, great. But, like, you're going to get it. No, dude. She's, she's wearing a rubber uh, swimsuit. Yeah, and standing on a metal shelf. And just immediately starts getting undressed. <laughs> it is so unnecessary. <laughs> well, it skims out of nowhere. I remember as a kid, I was like, what? Oh, it's so like uh, this is what makes us uncomfortable about Hollywood now because it's like, what is this? Why could you do this? Like, yeah, it's really unnecessary. Well, stand well the, on the male, rubber, you're the, gonna die. You gotta be grounded, dude. The male, I. But okay, you could have picked anything else. Well, she's wearing <laughs> rubber I, shoes, isn't she? Yes, no, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> she I don't, is because no, no, it no. shows that shot of her walking in. She's oh, got those like shit. rubber. Yeah, she's wearing shoes, rubber yeah. heeled shoes. She All does right. not. All right, <laughs> they got us. Yeah, they got you <laughs> because she literally takes it off and then she just folds it and stands on top of it, rips the cord behind her. And the she's cable. wearing like incredibly skimpy oh, white she... wet underwear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and, mean, in a bra, she's not topless. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> underwear <laughs> includes a bra, bro. Yeah, underwear includes bras. I don't know the terminology for this stuff. Dude, do you put your bra under your stuff? That makes sense. Underwear, oh, dude. Shit. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, it's so unnecessary and weird. Like, granted, the male in me was fine with it. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. But the, but the movie but viewer the in me. the storyteller in me didn't buy it. <laughs> No, the storyteller in me was like, they're just trying to show this woman's tits. Well, she winds up killing the shark, though. She rips the cord off, the cable, whatever, throws it at the shark, and he, you know, electrocutes to death. Yeah, God bless Pretty it works. sweet, yeah. dude. Pretty cool. So now we're down. She could have been wearing a t-shirt and, like, shorts underneath. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. We'll move on. So we're so, two sharks down now. Yep. One shark left. Mm-hmm. We got, I think, Three four, people left. four people left. Oh, shit, we still got Scoggins. Scoggins Scoggins is about to die. Yeah, meanwhile, Scoggins and Carter go on this little underwater journey here. They're trying to flood off, open a stairwell at some point to release some pressure or open some place. Are they trying to, like, activate, like, power so they can, can, yeah, drain a section? Yeah. Guys, let's not. (laughs) Yes, they're going underwater. Yeah, so they're underwater. They wind up fiddling with some goddamn control system or whatever and whatever they needed to do they do it successfully because Michael Rappaport gives his stupid thumbs up and then Thomas Jane's like hey okay we're good to go but we're not a fucking shark comes up behind Scoggins <laughs> Scoggins yeah. no! grabs him smashes him into this like electrical grid or whatever and just rips him to shreds rips him in half yeah. so much so that his body's still electrified and his foot is still twitching and shit I admittedly said this uh Halfway through the movie, I was like, you have to kill Scoggins. You have to kill Michael Rappaport because, like, just look at him. He's like this ginger, full beard, New York wise guy. Like, you have to kill him ridiculously. So, And he def- he definitely has, like, maybe the second most ridiculous death in this movie. Oh, easily. I would like to point out that this has been 17 minutes since Samuel Jackson has died. 17 minutes, and oh. we only have three people left. Well, it's pretty quick. Jan, this movie Jan, died, Jan died post-Sam Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. saying. Like, oh, after yeah. Sam Jackson, we've, we've been killing off people consistently. Oh, yes, yes. So they realize what they've got to do is essentially flood this room. This is Where are they in, in scheme of the thing? So they're trying to get up to the surface now. They, 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 they couldn't get the sub to work. They can't swim. They're thinking about swimming all the way up now from, from where they are. But they have to, they have to equalize the pressure to the room they're in before they can open the door or it won't open. So they got to flood the room with water and then 
that then they can swim out. Yeah, you no, know, no, that works. But LL Cool J gives a little impromptu yes. service here. Again, because he is a preacher, everyone stands in a circle. They're holding hands, and he delivers some amazing lines, one of which is, I'm the meanest motherfucker in the valley. Two sharks down, Lord. One demon fish to go. <laughs> can I get an amen? And they just start screaming amen as they look up to the, the fucking door there, even has a cross on it. And, uh, you know, you get it. Religion. Did, was there a cross There's the a door? cross. It's a cross, a cross shaped in the yep. bolts on the door. I even did not even see that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's the subtlety of, of Deep Blue Sea, yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, so but Carter had a plan to, so to get them out of there safely. So he has rigged up a couple of uh, fire extinguishers yep. and some, some life preservers to distract the sharks while they make their... Uh, escape to the surface. Yeah, these sharks took down our security cameras, can back up and recognize guns, but they're still fucking stupid but they're sharks. Stu- <laughs> they're stupid fish still. They were, they were attracted that. to yeah. bubbles and movement. <laughs> exactly, motherfuckers. So, they go out, and this is kind of a cool scene. It's like a race to the surface or whatnot. They gotta get up there before they're, you know, they run out of air, and also the shark tries to kill them. So, the shark does exactly what they hoped for and goes for the goddamn trick. They make it up to the surface, and this is the best part watching this with Zach. Audibly, you literally screamed out, No! When this happened, LL Cool J gets bit by the legs and pulled underwater. It looks like he's gone for it. Dude, I said halfway through this movie, I was like, He's too committed. Like, you can't kill him off now. He's too beloved. He's too committed. LL Cool J had earlier in the film. He was like, Brothers never make it out of this. Yeah. (laughs) LL Cool J knows he's in a movie. Yeah, he knows he's in a movie. (laughs) No, he does. I'm convinced almost that. Like he was just talking to birds on set, and they were like, "Roll, roll, 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 roll quickly!" <laughs> but yeah, he gets bit and dragged around, and they're all just kind of screaming. They make it to safety. Susan and Carter just kind of watching as LL Cool J dies. But wouldn't you know it? He pulls the cross that's been around his neck the whole movie, and he just starts stabbing this shark. And I must say, this is fucking cool. As you <laughs> see these like aerial shots of this giant ass shark, and LL Cool J just swinging across into his face. It's insane. So he eventually stabs it in the eye, and the shark's like, "Ow." Yeah. <laughs> Ew, dude. That hurts. New thinking. Let's him go, and LL Cool J doesn't die. Makes it to you know the safety of the the crumbling structure. Yeah, here. Carter comes and grabs him. Right. He yeah, does, Car- and it's Carter it's daytime right now. Why has no one come to help them? <laughs> yeah, this, this hurricane that has destroyed, like, made this difficult to get to, is long over, and the a Coast Guard helicopter. Went dark. It went down. The Navy has been here for hours. Yeah, why, <laughs> hours. The why Navy is the Navy not here? here? Like, not like, oh my up. God! There, a helicopter went down. Let's go. Like this, it's just ridiculous. But no, it's clear as day now. It's actually very tranquil. Like, yeah, it's actually pretty peaceful looking. Hell, Cool J's lost a little blood, but he's still good to go. It's the devil, you know. That's what he he tells her. In case you didn't get the religious allegory. Yeah, if you didn't know he was religious, now you do when he refers to the shark as a devil. So as Thomas Jane is watching the shark, it just keeps bashing its face into the fence. He solves the riddle that was established (laughs) earlier in the film. I can't believe this was the call. I don't remember this line at all. Because that's what a Mako thinks about. About freedom. About the deep blue sea. Uh, oh my god, Boom. that's the name of the movie! The name of the movie, they said it, we're in. So, he devises another plan to essentially harpoon it and then blow it up. He's going to fill yep. some harpoon darts with... With, with dynamite. dynamite. No, well, not dynamite, they have the, the flares. They have flares, oh, that's right, emergency yes. flares, and they, they take Well, they also have dynamite, flares. too, though. Do they? Yeah, they mentioned that they have dynamite. Oh, well, they don't have dynamite at this point, because they take apart the flares for the gunpowder. And I only know this because there was a Mythbusters episode about this moment. They talk all about it. And uh, spoiler alert, everything except for the fact that a crossbow is accurate at 100 yards is busted. (laughs) Which is interesting because that's the only thing that doesn't work. 
is that LL Cool J tries to sh- use this crossbow to shoot the shark. But he doesn't do it quite yet. Oh, there's yeah. This whole no, little... there's a oh, whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. So, at... I'm getting ahead of ourselves, all right? <laughs> I'm excited. First, yeah, at first, Tom Jane can't reach it because it's too far away. It's too far. I can't get her. And then Susan says, she needs bait. She needs bait. So she cuts her goddamn hand open. And jumps into the water after the shark. Yeah, she says a little line that's kind of telling. She says, you may be the smartest animal in the world, but you're still just an animal. She leaps in the water, blood pouring out of her hand, and then the CG on the shark's face is so foolish. Yeah, I refuse to buy this scene, by the way, because this shark has been plotting this. (laughs) He he even mentions, he's like, she's been hurting us, like... (laughs) Like, trying to get us out, like, trying to raise the water level, and, like, doing all of this, trying to sink this submarine facility. This shark is smart enough to sink a submarine facility, but it smells food, and it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm a fucking shark, I'm a fucking shark. I gotta go When you eat. think about this, though, the plan of this shark was to literally sink the facility to raise the water level so it could escape. This is fucking insanity. So it's it's crazy. crazy. You're a shark. So I don't buy this whole idea that, like... You know, the shark turns around, sees her, and is like, no, I gotta eat. But like, it, knows, it knows that she's the one. She's I, the she's one. responsible for all of this. The I, pain, the suffering. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think so. I think it's a shark. It's so, a shark. Yeah, she's swimming. The shark comes over, stares at her for a second, and as Carter's trying to reach her, it fucking eats her. Rips Dude, her in half. So unexpected. Came out of nowhere, that right? Was, yeah. I think this was more unexpected than the Sam Jackson death. Because you, you expect yeah. that, the, that the young white woman is going to survive the horror movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. no, honestly, and she's having, like... Her redemption moment, yep. and they've been building up this chemistry be- her, between her and uh, Thomas Jane. Thomas yeah. Jane, like so, you're like, yeah, this is gonna ha- like they're gonna survive. No, just straight up fucking eats or tears her in half. It's the lamest death, by the way. It's so <laughs> stupid. Like it's so clearly CGI, and then the shark just like eats it, and it's like, okay, I'm done. Almost felt tacked on, wouldn't you say, Brandon? Well, yes. Interestingly enough, the audiences didn't test this film particularly well in the original ending, which was She Lives, Thomas Jane Lives, and LL Cool J died. Apparently what happened was once they saw that, Rennie Harlan decided, you know what? Everyone seems to love LL Cool J. Let's just fucking make him the hero of this and have him live. And so they shot a few extra scenes, reshot the ending, and then they actually took out scenes from the movie that apparently made her character more sympathetic. There was a relationship. There's actually like a deleted scene where they're like kissing her and Tom yeah. Jane. There's like a whole backstory to try to make her a likable villainist. Well, I was going to say, and this is what I was talking about earlier, uh, not having really a driving force behind this decision to yes. genetically engineer the sharks makes her the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't care that she died. No, no. If anything, I was like, she kind of deserved I, it. I, that was a good reshoot. I think that was that did improve the film because we get LL Cool J who lives. <laughs> yeah, thank I, God. And well, I, I, shooting. I do agree with you that I think it paid off better for the movie in general, but that, you know, that was my point in the beginning was that just like if that character is there – it sudden it changes the whole aspect of that character that we were looking at. Yeah, uh, the shark goes after Carter. He uh, narrowly escapes and starts riding the shark like he did in the beginning. And this is some of the worst CGI. Every time it cuts to underwater and he looks like a fucking little toy riding this shark, it's really silly. But the shark is going for this hole in the fence there, and he, as the shark moves underwater, you know, 
luckily Carter has enough time to tell <laughs> Cool J to scream away. He's like, you know, shoot it! The battery! Blow it! And he goes, this is for Scoggins! Scoggins dude. <laughs> what? The whole movie's for Scoggins! It's you should have said, this is for my bird! Yeah, yeah, bird, think, dude. Bird it, is Why the did one. he not say bird? This is for my bird. You killed my bird. He could have said it again. Yeah, he could have said it twice, and I'd have been okay with it. But for Scoggins? <laughs> like, I, I mean, wanted to eat that bird. That would have been a lie. <laughs> So he shoots through the fin, and it ends up piercing Thomas Jane's legs. Which, oh! which is funny because I said it'd be funny if he shot him instead. And oh yeah, kind of does. Called it, but he like pins him to the shark. So the shark's trying to swim away. It rips through the fencing, which seems really painful. He's like screaming yeah. underwater, and the shark makes it away. He hits the battery. LL Cool J does what he's supposed to do, detonates it, and the fucking shark explodes with a capital E. This shit's cool. And I'm sitting there the whole time. I was like, oh, my God. LL Cool J's the lone the survivor. The sole survivor? Yeah, because the, the explosion kind of engulfs Thomas no, Jane dude, underwater. Editing ex machina. <laughs> yeah. Thomas Jane is yeah. still there on still the fence. Still alive. There's and alive. fucking giant chunks of shark raining down into the water. Carter, bring me some sushi. Oh, God. <laughs> And then they swim up. It's so weird. And he's like, oh, take me back to the ghetto. And as they believe, you know, there was just one shark, right? Yeah. And he's like, we're sinking, aren't we? Yeah. There was just three sharks, right? Yeah. And they're kind of setting up, I suppose, a sequel? That's what their hope was? That's certainly what it sounds like. We're sinking, right? And then they notice out of the, you know, off the horizon, there comes the party boat, dude. Was this a whole weekend? Or are they just coming back because they heard shit's No, I think it was just like the night shift was like over. I I think after the hurricane, they would come back. Yeah. All right. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't. I There's don't people know. coming back, and they're going to be. But rescued. they didn't know it was going to be a hurricane. Fine. They thought it was just going to be a squall. Squall. But as they're sitting I'd there, yeah, confusing. take me back to the ghetto. Amen. My head is like a shark's fin. Deepest, bluest. My head is like a shark's fin. Deepest. Yes, the most inappropriate ending song ever. People are dead. We lost the cure to Alzheimer's. This million dollar facility has gone down. Let's bust out a little LL Cool J. Rap. Absolutely, yeah, dude. No, this, if this doesn't play it. this podcast out, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt Zach. <laughs> Don't tell me how to produce my show. <laughs> so, dude, Deep Blue Sea. What are your immediate uh, thoughts? What, what do you think? Well, so I'd actually like to hear from our guest Spencer first. What? Oh, first of all, though, fuck. you did not tell us uh, what the rate Rotten oh, Tomatoes never got to the ratings. Yes, I did. I already mentioned them, bro. It was 5.8 on IMDb and a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. I wasn't paying I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. I was very upset. <laughs> yeah, 57% on Okay, well, Spencer, go ahead. After rewatching Deep Blue Sea, give us your brief review and score of Deep Blue Sea. Well, like I said, I, I have always enjoyed this movie. I've watched it several times on Thanksgiving for no apparent reason. And watching it again this time, it's still it still is enjoyable, although I will admit that looking back, the things that I most enjoy about this movie are is, is the shock value. I mean, it does do that very well, the, the shark value, if you will. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> All right, you're done. <laughs> you can kick me out now. It's all right. I don't know why I was on this podcast. No. Um, but what would you do? Was it 57 on, on? 57%, 57 on, Rotten on, on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's pretty reasonable because this is not a movie that you would want to watch. You wouldn't, like, call your friends over and say, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Like, this, But as I mentioned earlier at the beginning, this movie, if you want to watch a movie about sharks, you want to watch a movie about people getting eaten by sharks, this is probably the, one of the best movies to go to because – you can't watch Sharknado with a straight face. You can watch this movie with a straight face. I think so. Yeah, you're going to be cracking smiles a lot, but it's entertaining <laughs> as Jesus. fuck. All right, so... So, uh, okay, so uh, in the end, I would probably give this movie a solid 60. I'm not going to give it 
I mean, that's, that's a fresh. That's, that's, that's fresh. 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 I'm, I'm getting. Right. I'm gonna give it that extra three percent. But yeah, that's yeah, a I fresh think it's review. All right, just, just barely. Brandon. Oh, I'm gonna go first before you destroy this movie. Is no. that what we're getting at? No. All right, unless you want me to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to hear what no, your let's thoughts go to Zach are. Zach first. Yeah. I'm, I'm as the guest. I'm gonna ask you, Zach. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. Stretch it out. All right. Listen, guys. I understand what makes this movie appealing. There's a lot of appeal to it. It's, you know, if you take it for what it is, it's a jam-packed action film about sharks. There's a lot to like about that. But if we're looking at it in terms of a film, an $86 million film, there's so many things wrong with it. I think the writing felt... So chopped up. You said it didn't test well with test audiences. Mm. I can't imagine how many rewrites they did because it seems all over the place. There's a lot of buildup for nothing. And like I said, I'm gonna just going to hammer this point home. I feel like they sacrificed plot and development for shock value. And yeah. I think while those shocks do pay off, absolutely. Like the Samuel L. Jackson death is awesome. It's very sh- – like didn't see it coming. Uh What's-Her-Name's death at the end? Shocking. Didn't see coming. LL Cool J surviving. Shocking. Didn't see coming. But there was a lot that was clearly sacrificed here. You build up all these characters to have some awesome payoff, and then you just kill them for zero reason. The most brilliant man in the world. I want to learn a little bit more about him. He's killed off first. He's underutilized. He's the first one to die. He is underutilized. Sam Jackson admits he eats people. And dies immediately. It's just, I think it was so just not thought of. And I think this movie, well, it set out to do what it did. I think it was the wrong mission for them. Like, they wanted to shock people. They wanted to confuse you. And they wanted you to walk out being like, I didn't see anything in this coming. And that's great. They did that. But I think they sacrificed a lot in terms of what could have been a pretty good movie in terms of storytelling. That being said, uh, music, Mm. sets... Special effects minus CGI. CGI is bad, but, you know, for what it was back then. 1998. Exactly. 99. 99. Exactly. I mean, nothing we would have seen back then. Yeah. Um, it, it's good. Like, yeah. it's it's good in terms of those. But I think just in terms of an actual story that was being told, it just was so incomplete and missing so many things and took directions that I don't think anybody should take. So... All that being said, I'm not going to give it a fresh review. Um, You're not going to give it a 60, dude? No, it's so not going to be a 60, dude. Uh, I'm going to give it a 45. A 45. Right. I okay. had fun so, watching it. I don't know if I'd rewatch it, to be ooh. honest. I, I, think, I think you reviewed that fairly. I think, I think you pointed out the flaws I just, and the, the strengths. It, you know what? I get the appeal of it, and watching it with friends was certainly a lot of fun. If I'm sitting by myself at home and I want to watch a movie, there's no way I watch this, because there's too many frustrating <laughs> things about it. Like, yes, it's goofy, but, like, I just... There's too many things that I see in it that I'm like, I can't get over it. Like, yeah. I want to. I really do. I want to be on the level with you guys about this movie, but I just can't. Like, it's right. there's too many glaring issues with it. Let's say you have another friend who hasn't seen this movie. Would you tell that friend, hey, let's watch this movie? Because you just want to see what their reaction is. No, I'd want to watch a good movie. Oh! oh yeah, well, whip, 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 whip! The, right. the other side of the coin, my friend. <laughs> Brandon. I, I, look, I have known this movie was bad for a very long time. Honestly, it's probably my 
go-to guilty pleasure movie. Uh, Fair enough. I but can I, see why. I, I think this is the best trashy guilty pleasure movie you can make. There are so few of these. They don't make them like this movie anymore. Those just big, bloated, dumb action movies that had a budget, that had skill and polish behind it, but at the same time is so on the nose about just how... You know exactly what you're getting into the first fucking five minutes of this movie. Agreed. How ridiculous it is. I can't help but just go back to the revisit this movie again and again because, again, this is subjective or objectively, I loved shark movies as a kid. There are so few of them that are good. And I think next to Jaws, there really isn't one that entertains me as much as this. Fair. The Shallows is fine. 47 meters down. I'm sure it's fine. But this one is one that you fucking remember. And that's, the, I think, its biggest trait. Like, I, I love this movie. It's not a good movie, but I'm going with Spencer, man. But I'm going to bump it to 65. Dude. You, yes. Are you kidding 65. me? 65. I'm giving it a 65, and I feel absolutely fine about that. Because it's it's pure trash, but it's the best smelling trash like, I've ever experienced. Listen, man, I'm just, I. if anything, I'm a little disappointed because I feel like you had... A, a real opportunity to make a good story, and I felt like it was just kind of swung out of mist. I don't think they did. I don't think that. I think this. Well, the concept right, is for this, what is it so was. Ridiculous. For what it was, I think you could have had a more character-driven story. But then they wouldn't show the shark as yeah, much. The That's whole the point. Well, of this then movie maybe is, don't show. More well, sharks. then maybe. Don't show the shark as much. There was a reason people thought Jaws was exciting. No, you're absolutely correct. Jaws Literally is... everything you're saying is right. But they would never make this movie where they just show the shark all the goddamn time. And as a kid and as an action movie fan, I want to see a fucking shark eat someone. It begs the question, did you need to make the movie <laughs> no, then? No, all I needed really was just a highlight reel of just cool scenes where people get eaten by sharks. But you got to string a story along. But do you really think that's what they were like? They were like... No, just this, like, because if you're going to, like, just do that, why bother with the character development at all? Just make them a bunch of people who just happen to be there. Well, because the studio wouldn't give you that budget. Like, you have to have something. You have to, yeah. Again, yeah, this movie made for $80 million. Well, that begs another question. Why are they giving this movie $86 million? Oh, it's absolutely foolish. The fact that this is getting a sci-fi original sequel just makes sense because that's where this movie really should be it's just an that. absolute miracle that I'm not, somehow I'm not, Brothers greenlit it. Yeah. I'm not when is this coming out this year this 2018 year. I'm not saying that it's not fun and I'm not saying that maybe that's what they were going for but what I see whether or not they saw it is a movie that had potential to really get into good characters and good a good story and they just didn't take it whether or not that you know clearly they were happy about it and it works for them it works for you guys but me I saw beyond it to something that could have been and it leaves me a little disappointed yeah dude they just killed Deborah off too early <laughs> they, did. they killed Deborah off right away no this the, the basic concept of trying to make sure smarter and but like all the implications it's ridiculous and, and medical meddling that you could have gotten into if this movie was made today by fucking like Alex Garland the guy by an ex machina or something mm-hmm. you're gonna get into the like the the implications of what right. that means exactly yeah you can make I mean they're breaking a huge moral yeah. code here oh, yeah. by genetically engineering wild animals it goes into like Jurassic Park levels yes of like should we be doing this should we be playing God no, which you which you're totally there, yeah. right if Steven Spielberg had made this movie yes this I could saw, have been a great. I, get I you. saw something. That, I don't even think you need to genetically engineer the sharks. Like, just there are sharks. No, but this movie is so foolish that I didn't look at it in that frame of reference. I was comparing this to Lake Placid and Anaconda, and for a giant, and that's fine. If you're looking movie, there, it's good. If you're so. looking there, that's exactly what it is, and it does a good job. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> so we got you're wrong. I saw something <laughs> that didn't happen, and I kind of wish it had. So you got a 45. Was it 45? A 60? And a 65. Five. 
There you have it, folks. Aggregate score, 50. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Dude, I'm okay with see. that. I'm glad we revisited this. Are you glad you at least watched it? So oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, had yeah, no, I had fun, yeah. and I had fun recording this podcast. I Again, just, I had issues. <laughs> well, <laughs> you are going to be excited for next week's episode because this is your pick. Yeah, this was my pick for February. Uh, March, move? January. What are you, where are oh, we? Oh, my God. January. What? We're in January. We're in January. <laughs> Yo, um, but it's going to be the last week That's right. of January, so almost February. I was close. Uh, we are doing, I don't know the year, but we are doing A Knight's Tale. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. Yo, I remember loving this because it, you know, I like medieval sort of historical movies. Match it up with like some queen, queen bumped sports action. <laughs> oh, my God. It's right dude. up my fucking alley. Holy I'm so shit. excited. I know it's a bad movie, but. I, I'm excited what? to rewatch it. I haven't seen it a good five, ten. Oh, years. Oh, it's been so. years since I've seen it, and I know it's not a good movie, but I'm psyched good cast. To, psyched to see some jousting. Oh, absolutely, dude! Psyched to see some Heath Ledger and Alan Tudyk's in there. I think there's Daddy, a lot of cast. there's a lot of things going for that movie. I think we're gonna have fun with it. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for thank being you. on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. It has been a pleasure. I have enjoyed being involved in the podcast beyond again listening to it from the next room as you guys record mm. never um, happening again you guys are never gonna have me on this podcast again that's all right i would encourage pe- listeners out there to ch- to uh share this with their friends though which i'm sure yeah. you guys will do which by the way you can do that on itunes or at nbd.podbean.com like Spencer said, you can share that. Uh, write us a review. That would be pretty sweet. That'd be dupe. I haven't done deep. that yet, by the way. I oh should my. probably what write the a review fuck? for you guys. We're cutting you out of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you want to uh, get in touch with us, shoot us an email at nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. We like interacting with our folks. We do. We'd love to do a mailbag. And if you have a movie that uh, you want to suggest, we're always open to opinions. Yes. So before we wrap this episode up, we have to do the... Uh, the old plug a doodah. What right. do we got on the uh, list here today, Zach? Okay, so we've got a new restaurant. Very exciting. It's a sushi joint. You guys like sushi, right? Yeah, sushi's not too bad. I love sushi. Yeah. Um, well, this is sushi. Oh, my God. It's sushi made out of monkeys. That's terrible, I you was guys. Really, I was really expecting sushi made out of sharks. But... No. Do, Wait, do you really mean monkeys? Like the Yeah, animals? it says monkeys. <laughs> what are you talking about? It, it says it's monkeys. sushi's made out of delicious monkeys that's from the monkey sea. Meat. Monkeys oh, aren't sea fish. Monkeys? Oh, sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Aren't they? That's Plankton? not a thing. Is that a thing? There's no such thing as sea monkeys. Sushi? Sea monkey Can't sushi? You like Have you ever seen pets? a monkey swinging on vines underwater? <laughs> no, because that's Help? not a monkey. That's a whole different creature. That's a monkey. This says it's made out of monkeys. This is ridiculous. What is happening? <laughs> sea monkeys. That's disgusting. You know what? We really need to start getting products that aren't just made out of animals. Why can't, like, Coke sponsor us? <laughs> or, dude, or some Mountain Dew Ice. Ooh, Mountain Dew Ice. <laughs> I am I am offering this up right now. Nostalgia Be Damned will be the official sponsor of Mountain Dew Ice if Mountain Dew would like us to be. I'm 100% behind the product. I don't think it tastes just like Sprite. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it does. It does. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Have a good day. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's fin. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark's fin.